relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Going deeper on the big issues that matter to you. This is your exclusive podcast, America First, one-on-one, with me, Sebastian Gorka, former strategist to President Donald J. Trump. One-on-one here on America First. Welcome, dear friends. A uh, couldn't-be-more-timely guest for us, given the events of the last uh, 14 days in Central Asia. An individual who... Um, Let's just say he's unusual. He, uh, he, he thinks it's fun to fight swamp creatures. Therefore, we're trying to work out how to clone him. I've been writing down his uh, recent resume of just the last year. It's quite absurd. Uh, not only a deputy director for uh, the, uh, the national the director of national intelligence, not only a senior director for counterterrorism in the uh, Trump White House, he ended up as the chief of staff for the Pentagon. His Cash Patel. Cash, welcome to One on One. Seb, it's uh, mighty good to be here with you on America's First. I'm really happy we can make this. All right, we, we, we do something a little bit different here on One on One. We have time uninterrupted to just talk. Um, I know it's <laughs> shocking. It's, it's shocking. I'm, I'm floored. I know, I know. It's like, hey, South <laughs> Afghanistan, 180. Seconds. Go. You like that? You like that TV oh, interview? Oh man, those are brutal. Yeah, I know. I know. You, pretty, you know them too well. Pretty pointless. Pretty pointless. Uh, here, here we can go deep dive at least for right. about an hour. Um, but first things first. For those who haven't heard you on the show before, or who just tuned into this podcast, somebody just shared the link for the, with them. Tell us uh, your very cool, very American story. Where you came from? Where your family came from? Came from, and how you ended up as you know running the Pentagon, basically. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that, and I do appreciate this longer format. So, look, Seb, uh, son of immigrants, first-generation American. My father was born and raised in Uganda, fled under Idi Amin, the Hitler of Africa. And, you know, like, like you are living proof of the immigrant story, you know, as am I. Like, you can come to this country, and you can work in the White House. I know, this, this is the stunning thing. Right? People are like, I'm sorry, you have the wrong accent <laughs> in England. You can kiss working in the, in, in the you know, the 10 Downing Street yeah. goodbye. If you didn't go to the right schools in France, the idea that you end up in the Elysee, not happening. Here, it truly is the land of opportunity. Uh, tell us a little bit about your parents, because they're not from Africa originally, right. but what, what's, what's yeah. your background? So my mom was born and raised in Tanzania. Um, we're Indian, Indian-American, um, basically... In the 20s, 1920s or so, the Brits were building railroads throughout Africa, and a large portion of the Indian population moved to East Africa to build railroads for the British. My great-great-grandparents were part of that movement. And as you know, in India now, uh, Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, large Indian population. But once Idi Amin came to power, the decision was... You couldn't stay because he was killing everybody. Was well, not only that, he expressly targeted the Indians. Yeah. There, there was a point yeah. <laughs> when the, he took over, the economy tanked, and he said, oh, scapegoat, that's handy. Yeah. And the actual government policy was to target the people who were making the economy run. Exactly. <laughs> when, and, and he drove them out. <laughs> drove uh, them or, out. Or killed them, yeah. you know, tragically. And my father fled to first Canada and then, uh, like a respectable human being, waited in line to get to America legally and... Took him a few years to do it. He didn't have any money. He flew to Canada with no suitcase, no clothes, no money in the middle of a winter that he had never seen or heard of. 
but he fought through it. So it just shows you, you're an immigrant, I'm an immigrant. Yeah, I paid my money, I did my test, got my green card. What an idiot, right? <laughs> but it's the way to do it, and it shows you it can be done. So I appreciate you letting me talk a little bit about my past. And then I started my career in services, this might shock you, as a public defender um, in Miami. And I did that for a number of years, trying a lot of cases. It, it gave me the investigative chops I needed. I didn't know I was going to use later, but it definitely helped me out later um, trying crazy uh, narco trafficking cases, murder cases, bank robbery cases all over the world. So, uh, so how do you end up in the swamp? Whew. So after about eight years of being a public defender, both at the state and federal level, I got an opportunity to become a terrorism prosecutor for DOJ. And national security, I mean, who's not interested in national security? It was not part of the plan. I had no idea what I was doing in terms of planning out my career path. And when that opportunity came up, I seized it. Um, I was actually brought in under the Obama administration to be a terrorism prosecutor. And look, I tried cases all over the world. I did the World Cup bombings in East Africa. I actually went back to East Africa, which is kind of cool. Yeah. In Uganda, my father's place of birth, and prosecuted their first terrorism case in their country's history that killed 74 people, including an American citizen. So if they can do it right... We can prosecute terrorists at home, which right. is what we were doing. And then I did my first tour at JSOC as a targeter um, thereafter. That's unusual to go from the legal side of it to the targeting. Yeah, it was a cool, unique situation where DOJ had a seat available, a uh, okay. TDY, and they let me combine the legal prospect of it with uh, targeting with our Tier 1 guys and sort of did it at a fusion So the, the, just to explain, that these are the people who identify and help locate the bad guys to be whacked by the Joint Special Operations yeah. Command. So this is making sure you have the right right target in the crosshairs. And as you know, as your time with JSOC and the like, you know, when you get a peek behind the curtain, it's kind it's of... It's kind of addictive. It's addictive. <laughs> and you're like, wow, this is how an apolitical military is supposed to work. You right. know, the, the, the mission is... Threats, oh, missions. That's right, it. Right. Protect the homeland. So... Right. You know, we did that, and then um, <laughs> I was trying to get to the Trump White House and uh, get on the NSC when he initially got elected, because I was back at DOJ by then. But uh, long story short, I ended up meeting Devin Nunes, trying to help a friend get a job in the Trump administration. Didn't know Devin before that. And oh, wow. Russiagate sort of was going on, and this was uh, very end of 2016. It was starting to piece together, and he, he asked me if I would... Being an investigator in the defender side of things, being a prosecutor, being an intel space with JSOC, would you be willing to come over and run this investigation? At the time, both he and I thought, nobody's going to pay attention to this thing. It's going to be a pamphlet we put on the shelf, and then I'll go to the administration. And then, uh, well, we were wrong. And what was your... We'll talk about the great movie by our friend Amanda Milius, the documentary of the film, the, the book, The Plot Against the President. But, but you share in that interview there your condition to Devon. And what was your condition to Devon? Yeah, I said, no matter what we find, we're putting it out. Right, you've got to run it down, wherever it leads. Whatever it is. I said, listen, I don't know President Trump, never met the man, uh, never talked to anyone uh, in his inner circle. And if it turns out that it was a rigged election, America needs to know. But if it turns out that there was something else, America needs to know that, too. And Devin was like, no problem. We're putting everything out. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about all of that, that incredible experience the last four years. We're going to talk about the amazing new things you are doing by yourself with your new organization, also with the Epic Times. But uh, first things first, let's just go straight in. Yeah. The deep state. Does it exist? Is it real? Cash Patel? <laughs> Seb, I think you know as well as I do, unfortunately. It is. And I wish you and I were wrong. 
and I wish people would prove us wrong. But unfortunately, we kept proving the deep staters right. Russiagate was just a piece of it. You can talk about uh, the Ukraine impeachment hoax. You can talk about whatever you like during the Trump administration. When you were in the Oval Office advising the president, you saw it. You fought through it. It's there, unfortunately, just because some people in service thought that they had a right to overcome the commander-in-chief. And how serious a threat is it to just the way the republic is run, irrespective of political parties? How serious a threat is the existence of that, that permanent, unaccountable class? It's, it's, it's totally destructive. And let me just talk about it from a national security perspective. You know, when you have folks, when you have crooks like James Comey, Andy McCabe, Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, America depends on the Department of Justice and FBI to prosecute criminals right. and put them away. But who's prosecuting them? when they break their trust and, and their duty. And that was, if you recall, when we first started saying those folks were doing X, Y, and Z, man, people thought Devin and I were just complete lunatics. And we said, hey, we're not just going to tell you. We're going to show you because we proved it. And half of America at least got the message because they were willing to take the time to read and look at what we were doing. The other half just listened to the mainstream media because they didn't want any victories uh, for President Trump or anything that made President Trump look like he was doing the job he was elected to do. Let me just personal question. I, you know, you, you're the legal expert. I studied <laughs> international law. I loved it, but I, you know, I'm not a lawyer. Um, should there be any consequence? Because you said, I, I want to publish it wherever it leads. Mm -hmm. And that's what you did. What about the obverse of that? When you have a chairman of a committee who for four years says, this is Adam Schiff, <laughs> we have incontrovertible proof of collusion and Donald Trump is an asset and nothing, not one, not a scintilla of evidence. Should there not be consequences for that in, in, in a republic? You would think there is. And unfortunately, uh, cowards like Adam Schiff, who and he is true to that nature. He hides behind this thing called the speech and debate clause in Congress, right? Explain as you, that. As you know, Seb, the, in the Constitution, and our founding fathers, I think, had the original concept right. They wanted people who were elected to government to go to D.C. and be able to debate yeah. vigorously, but not be held accountable for their debates because they were trying to create laws and protect the nation. That concept I believe in. What Adam Schiff does, fast forward 250 years later, is says, I'm protected by the speech and debate clause. I can say whatever I want. I can have my cronies leak classified information. Doesn't matter. Never going to come back to me. And that's the lack of accountability you're talking about. And I don't know how we fix that in Congress, because right now we have a media who's equally bankrupt yeah. and lets them do it. Um, it's just it's just really one of those things that probably pisses you off. It pisses me off, too. Yeah, well, you know, we both like conflict, so it's just gr <laughs> gr grist to our mill. It's uh, oil on the flames that we enjoy fanning. Uh, he's Cash Patel, former uh, chief of staff uh, to the DOD, former deputy director at the uh, Office of National Intelligence, former senior director for counterterrorism in the Trump White House. Catch him every week at the Epoch Times. Cash's Corner, his uh, weekly, weekly analysis and national security, that's Epoch Times. We'll talk about his new venture momentarily. I'm so Sebastian Gorka, you are listening to One on One. Don't forget, we are back on YouTube. We are also on Rumble, rumble.com slash Seb Gorka. And of course, the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, download them today. But check out rumble.com slash Seb Gorka, S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A. Okay, um, let's play a little cut. Uh, you don't, you know where it's from. This is from the, the uh, plot against the president by the great Amanda Milius. Uh, play cut. They worked hand-in-glove with Comey to try to delegitimize Trump. They were not there to tell the truth. 
a political dirty trick is being carried out by our intelligence community. Honestly, none of us really know, sort of holistically, what to think about this dossier. They went into Congress. They said, there's nothing here. Doesn't matter. We'll keep going with FISA, we'll keep going with the investigation, and more importantly, we will go on TV day in and day out and lie to the American people to their face, and nothing's going to happen to us. The nation and all of our freedoms hang by a thread, and the military apparatus of this country is about to be handed over to scum, who are beholden to scum, Russian scum. That's just the trailer. You've got to see it. PATPmovie.com. Read the original book by our good friend and guest, Ali Smith. It's the Plot Against the President movie, the most successful modern documentary ever. There's a reason, because it's true. PATPmovie.com. One of the stars of the show is our guest here on 101, Cash Patel. Cash, um, it's hard to even mention this story. Because it's so multifaceted and multilayered. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the Russia collusion. You're talking about Christopher Seale. You're talking about Fusion GPS. Then there's the whole unmaskings. Mm-hmm. Then there's the leaking to the media of classified information. There's just so many aspects we could spend hours. For yeah. me, the biggest one we don't talk about enough is the unmaskings one. But I, 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 I want to give you the opportunity as a person who's in the, the eye of the hurricane, who was unveiling, investigating the truth of the Russia hoax, could you explain to our millions of listeners and viewers that, what do we say in D.C., the elevator pitch? What really <laughs> happened? Yeah. What do you, if, you, if you're not involved in politics, if you've never had a TS, top-secret clearance, yeah. what do you need to know as an American about the last four years? So that's a great way to put it. But let me, let me do it this way, if I yeah. might. Let me give you a fiction, and let's talk about a reality <laughs> thereafter. Okay. What if the United States of America in 2016 was undergoing a presidential election and the Republican Party, the second largest or first largest party in the United States, was mounting an international intelligence campaign by paying foreign intelligence agents millions of dollars to dig up false dirt on a Democratic presidential nominee. Would you watch that movie just on that trailer? Maybe. But let's keep going. What if that money was then funneled into the government by the same Democratic committee through law firms so they would hide their transactions. Fast forward some more. What if you fudged intelligence? What if you made up information about the the Democratic candidate? Remember, this was a fiction if the Republicans were doing it. Made up that fiction and then said, we're going to a court, a federal court. Forget what kind of court. We're going to a federal court. We're going to wiretap the Democratic nominee for president in 2016 because we think Based on the fraudulent intelligence we've shoved down a court, we can get a warrant to surveil not just the candidate, but everybody around him. Would you watch that movie? And also, would anyone ever believe you that that actually could happen in 2016 in the U.S. of A.? That's the fiction. All you got to do is switch the Democrat and Republican roles. And that is the Russian narrative. Okay, so uh, I'm going to jump straight to it. You've got to read the book, Plot Against the President. You've got to watch the movie with Cash and by Amanda Milius. I've got high blood pressure, so I've got to be careful here. (laughs) The fact that you proved what you proved, that there was Russian propaganda material paid for by the DNC, Hillary's campaign, the FBI, used to besmirch a campaign, used to obtain FISA secret surveillance warrants Mm -hmm. against that campaign, was used by the media to tar, literally, in the words of John Brennan, uh, an elected president as a Russian asset who is a traitor. 
the fact that one junior lawyer got a suspended sentence <laughs> uh, for forging a federal document from the CIA to acquire a FISA warrant. If I had done that, I would be in prison. You'd still be there. I'd still be there. So the idea that the people who joked about it, James Comey jokes about, hey, I wouldn't have got away with it in another administration, yeah. but I just sent my agents there to frame Mike Flynn, and the audience laughs. What does it mean? What does it mean to you as an American that not one person who made the actual decisions, not the peons, has paid a price in the courts of America? Yeah, I think I'm with you on the on, on the blood boiling, you know, because as a former federal public defender and a federal prosecutor, you know, your job is to account for those who break the law. But whose job is it to account for the prosecutors and the agents when they lie to a court? Because you have when you have that role, you have a privilege to serve the American people. When you break that privilege, that's what frustrates me the most. It's why I left the Department of Justice, because I was one of the lead prosecutors for Benghazi. And the internal accountability or actually the lack thereof during that investigation ruined one of the biggest counterterrorism investigations in modern history. Is, is it the most I haven't I've, I've served in DOD for six years in the White House. But for me, the most corrupt agency or department is the DOJ. Is that is that possible? I think I think if you look at the people and not the large DOJ yeah. that I got to serve in under three attorneys generals, most 99 percent of those people. Great. Really good people. But when you have the heads like the FBI, like a James Comey and these people work for the DOJ. And the deputy director and Andy Brennan McKay, and CIA and, Brennan yeah, yeah. and CIA okay. and these the heads of these agencies get together yeah. to take down a president. And then, as you said, what what ticked me off even more was as a former terrorism prosecutor, I did FISA warrants. They serve a purpose. There's a reason that it goes through literally 150 people before you even walk it into court because it has to be so correct. It cannot have one mistake, otherwise the court will rightfully reject it. And more importantly, when you're signing off on the warrants, when you, the director of the FBI, is signing that warrant, when you, the attorney general, is signing that warrant, you're saying to the court, we, as court officers, are certifying everything in this warrant is true and accurate. Now, mistakes can be made. That's different than intentionally suppressing exculpatory evidence like they did, like the James Comeys and Andy McCabe's of the world and this Department of Justice did. Um, to President Trump's campaign under the Carter Page warning. And it's still not all out there. Given how the FISA system that is used to surveil Americans here in America was perverted, can it survive? Should it survive? It can survive with a massive uh, overhaul. And we, in our Russia report that I know you read and millions of your viewers read, we told the U.S., how to revamp the FIST, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. You need things like a neutral party ombudsman speaking for the target of the application, especially when they're an American citizen, because they're not there in court. They have no idea what's going on. It's a secret court. So there needs to be a neutral, detached party outside the DOJ and FBI in that room. That's just one measure to do it. The court, the judges themselves, and here's something that didn't get too much attention. We wrote to the judges classified letters to the judges, Devin and I, when we were running the investigation. And we said, look, we are finding inconsistencies. We are finding problems with this search warrant. Here is the evidence that you saw, that we saw, and here is where we think there was malfeasance. And the court just gave us the Heisman and literally told us there's no possible way we could get this wrong. And you know this. Who's more powerful than a federal judge? Literally. No one. And 
What does a federal judge hate more than anything in the world? Being reversed. Yeah. So these federal judges thought there's no way these yahoos can't on the hill touch me. Can't, can't get this right. right. Just punt it. And, of course, they had their friend and one of the biggest crooks of all, Rod Rosenstein. To help okay, I'm, I'm going to go through all of these names momentarily. We're going to get the inside uh, baseball from Cash Patel. Another great patriot who's uh, fighting for the truth is, of course, our good friend, the uh, mayor of New York, formerly America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. They're trying to destroy him, crush him, strip him of his law license and bankrupt him. Will you please support him as a favor to me? If you like what America First stands for, let's support Rudy. Go to RudyGiulianiFreedomFund.com. Please support Rudy today. He, did, he, he saved New York, took down five mafia families, brought it back from the attack after 9-11. Go to RudyGiulianiFreedomFund.com. Um, Cash, uh, you, you kind of preempted me there. I'm making a <laughs> list of, of names here. So um, uh, where, where is the center of gravity? When you look at, uh, at war, you, you try and identify the enemy's center of gravity. You can do the same with anything. Let's, let's talk about uh, corruption. Where is the center of gravity for the Russia collusion corruption? We've got Brennan at the CIA, Comey at uh, FBI. We've got Bruce Orr, Andy McCabe, Rosenstein, on and on and on. Who are the people whose, whose corruption we do not understand well enough? I think that list of characters and, and, and maybe one or two other, like the Lisa Pages of the World Page. FBI, yep. the Peter Strzok, who Strzok. ran the counterintelligence investigation who ran the Hillary Clinton investigate, email investigation, if you remember that ordeal as well. So the same cast of characters. And what America doesn't realize is what the rest of what Devin and I wanted to declassify and put out. Um, and we were hoping that we would be able to do that, but we got shut down by Rod Rosenstein yeah. and the Department of Justice. During the Trump administration. During the Trump administration, after we fired James Comey. Yeah. So that you want to talk about a deep state, circling back to your point earlier, these are guys that the President Trump put in power, and these same guys would not let us have the accountability the American people deserve. And accountability comes in two forms. As you said, declassifying this information so you can just read it for yourself instead of listening to me and you yammer on about it. That's the best way. Read the page, right. and you'll know. The other piece is who's arresting these guys for their violations of law? Now, I know we can get into the Durham stuff you know, and true accountability. Does Durham but... exist? Because I'm kind <laughs> of like, who cares at this point? You know— is it, is it, I mean, there's, there's nothing to be had from this, is there? I don't know. I don't have an inside scoop. I will but really, after the last four years? You know, it, it, let me go back to one thing you did say, and I, and I never finished, and I never actually answered Sorry. your question. Yeah, one mid-level FBI attorney gets prosecuted? No. Seb, you know more than anyone. You can't run this scheme and without perpetrate this told. fraud without being told from the top down. Do you it. can't jam this FISA warrant through the fisk without the directors of the FBI, deputy directors of the FBI, a de deputy attorney general shoving this thing through. And the, mo the biggest crime is not that mistakes were made. Because, look, I've done these warrants. We make mistakes. They happen. The biggest crime is when you have a target and you know that there's information that proves his innocence and you intentionally withhold that. The exculpatory evidence was hidden from the court. That's, and that has been proven beyond doubt. Yeah. And that fact alone is criminal. And you know what they could do? You know what these federal judges could have done that they didn't do? You know, contempt of court proceedings. When I was a federal public defender, a federal prosecutor, and I went up there and I said, hey, judge, I intentionally withheld this exculpatory evidence from you, that judge would have waited a day. Contempt he would have of contempt court. of court. And you know what that is? 
he sends you to prison. Prison? You go to jail. Rightfully so. So just a little, hello, you're naughty, you go to prison. Okay, so so let's let's go back in time. Can you, because you've done the most work, you're right there with Devin investigating, he's given you carte blanche. Where does it truly begin? Because we've got this Azra Turk, the FBI researcher, investigate. There is no such thing. There are SOSs, IAs, and special agents. There's no such thing as an FBI investigator who's in a <laughs> in a bar in London talking to George Stephan, uh, George Papadopoulos. It's just just such garbage because because the trail goes all the way back there to this fictional FBI or CIA asset, I'm sure, or actual uh, officer. Who does that mean? Brennan is the belly button for this. Does it start with Brennan? I, I, because think... Comey, Comey, I, I've met Comey. Comey is just uh, an ego on legs. He's just a six foot seven <laughs> ego, right? He does have a huge uh, ego. Uh, um, John Brennan is is actually a bad guy. I mean, he's just just bad. He's 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 a, he's a malefactor. So so, do you have a sense? Did you get to that that point? Yeah. Of, who started it? Where did it begin? You're not going to like this answer. So Devin and I, during the RussiaGate investigation, created a separate team just to drill down on. If you remember, at the end of the Obama administration, when it broke finally that this uh, you know Trump was colluding with Russia, Brennan led the ICA, the Intelligence Community Assessment Report. Yeah. And if you can picture this, you don't have to be in government service. But they they com- investigated, wrote, and completed this document in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. two weeks. <laughs> so Rush uh, Devin had the good sense to say, "Why don't we take a look at that document?" So we put two thousand man hours against that document, interviewed the people that wrote that document, and determined the credibility and whether or not there were failures. We have an entire report on that. You know what happened to that report? We've been asking for it to be declassified for two and a half, three years. And you know who stopped it? The FBI and the DOJ. And who do you think's right now? The guys that uncovered the Russia hoax on this ICA or these people in the deep state? Do you think they're actually right? They're saying Devin and Cash again made up this ridiculous right. Why scheme. Why would they be hiding it? So that your answer, and I can't speak to it because I don't want to go to jail. Your answer is in that document. And America should absolutely have access to that document. It's a 17-page report. You're right. I don't like that answer, <laughs> yeah. but it's fair. I'll talk to you. We'll find a skiff. We'll go off. I, <laughs> I still have my top secret clearance. We'll go off and have a chat sometime. Yeah. Uh, he's Cash Patel. Uh, the the uh, book is The Plot Against the President. He's the star of the movie The Plot Against the President by our good friend Amanda Milius. P-A-T-P-Movie.com. Check it out. Okay. Um, let's talk about the future. Let's yeah. talk about... Let's talk about what you've lived through. Let's talk about what uh, I've lived through. Yeah. Uh, as the child of people who were, um, who suffered under fascist occupation, who uh, were persecuted under communist uh, dictatorship, my father arrested, tortured, and imprisoned by, by a communist regime, I thought I had the requisite cynicism to work in the swamp and to become a <laughs> deputy assistant in the White House. And I, I, you know, I was wrong. I was wrong. Because I, I was prepared for the attacks on me, and I get it. I'm a proxy for the president. I'm representing his mm-hmm. immigration policies and national security. But when they attack not only me, but my wife, and they mm-hmm. attack my 18-year-old son, uh, you know, in the media as journalists, and he's still in high school, then you realize... 
Yeah, we have, we, have, we have a conscious decision by an amorphous entity. It's like the Borg. It's the Democrat Party, it's political appointees, it is the media, it is the think tanks, and it is the politics of personal destruction. It's, nothing is on the merits. Mm -hmm. They will never debate the policies. When people tell me, why don't you get Pelosi on your show? I mean, what, seriously? I don't, why would I debate an oxygen thief? There's no, there's no <laughs> merit-based discussion to be had. It is about destroying the other. So let's look forward. I, I, I saw the president recently. He was on the show last week. He is running. I know it. And if we can stop the election fraud, he will win. What do we do with getting good people like yourself in government? Because I'm prepared to go back because, I, you know, my, my skin is now, you know, half a yard thick. But, <laughs> but I, I think that it's not just attacking people like you, me or Devon. This is a policy to make sure nobody volunteers to work in government. Isn't, yeah. that, a, isn't that an issue? Well, that's what they're doing. You know, you're right. You know, what you endured, what your family endured just to get here and achieve the American dream is one thing. And people should be talking about that, not talking about the made up stories that the left wing media wants to inflict on you so to shut you up. And, and I went through that and you went through that. And, you know, we can talk about that over a beer sometime. You know, we didn't care. You took it on the chin. Devin took it on the chin. I right. took it on the chin because the mission mattered more. That's the only thing we cared about. And you need the right personnel to execute your mission. Yeah. And what I would say to President Trump, and I know you have and, and many others have, is you know, come 2024, if he runs and hopefully wins, he needs to have more of the people around, not the deep staters that they relied on right. who hated his administration and him and who could not put that hatred aside. Look, I served under Obama. Whether I agreed with his policies or not, I got my marching orders from the commander-in-chief in the Department of Justice, and I went on. You did it, too. You served under multiple administrations. You didn't go out into the public and leak classified information. You didn't go out into the public and attack people's families falsely. I, I was called a genocidal dictator by the media, if you can believe it. Well, I never got that. Yeah. I got Nazi white supremacists, but gen <laughs> genocidal dictator. Congratulations. I mean, it's, it's kind of rich in irony when you think that my father actually fled, fled a, a genocidal, genocidal dictator, dictator to come right. to this country right. and live the dream. And these people don't understand what they're doing. So you have to have the personnel. And look, I think we exist. I think there are a lot of Seb Gorkas out there that want to work in the administration. We have to do a better job of finding them with the background. I think that's where we did not spend enough time looking for us looking for more of us. They're, we're out there because you go to a rally or you go to an event, you're getting swamped. Yeah, yeah. You're getting slammed. Your show is being viewed by 3 million people. There's a lot of people that can do the job. We just have to do a better job of finding them. Okay, so let's say we find them. We've got three years. We mm -hmm. train them. Uh, we, we get them prepped and they're ready to roll. And, uh, you know, our guy wins uh, and, and we're back in the White House or back at the DOJ and elsewhere. What happens then? And let me share with you my experience. Mm -hmm. So we, we're in the White House. It's less than a weekend. And the new, the new phone book for the... Um, NSC is leaked because, you know, you have to new mm -hmm. new directors. Therefore, you have to change the phone book. It's still classified, blah, blah, blah. It's it's leaked to The Washington Post before Mike Flynn has signed off on it. And I tell Mike, Mike, this is day seven. We, this cannot go on. Mm -hmm. Get every polygrapher from the DOJ over to the EEOB executive building and polygraph every stink, stinking member of the NSC, political or, or not, until you find a couple of people who fail. And then perp walk them out of the building in front of CNN cameras, because otherwise you have created a condition that will not be sustainable. Mm -hmm. Mike said, and you know, I've said this publicly since then, he said, can't rock the boat, can't rock the boat. Eight days later, he was gone. 
So, so what is the plan of action to ensure that even if we have good guys who want to serve not the president but want to serve the republic and mm-hmm. the will of the people, mm-hmm. that they're not subverted by seditious Vindmans or anonymouses writing op-eds? What, what, what is the mechanism? I, I, I thought finding leakers and having them pay a penalty mm-hmm. would change a culture quite a bit inside the building. You don't have to find every seditious sure. person. You just have to send a message. Your pension is in peril if you think that you are more important than the person elected by 74 million Americans. Do you have a, a, an idea, a plan, a scenario that allows us to to hobble the deep state? So I, I think you you are on the right track, and I agree with it. You have to strike at the heart of it and the heart of all of this everything we're talking about is the leaks of classified information a felony it's a yeah. federal offense yeah. punishable by a decade in prison if not more depending yeah. on the severity of it you have to install not just principals but deputies and undersecretaries who are going to let you accomplish that mission which is to find those who in government violated the law i believe there's enough of a belief in america now after the last four years that they know laws were broken by those who said they were upholding the law. And I think if you put in the right people, if you put in the Johnny Ratcliffe's of the world and the Rick Rennells of the world and all the people that you've been talking about to run the intelligence communities, the State Departments, the DNIs and the DOJs, you get momentum. You get the top cover you need to prosecute the cases that we couldn't prosecute under President Trump. I think that's part A. Part B, I think you have to go and set the media straight. And I know people think I'm crazy for trying to do that. But you have to call out a media when they baselessly go after Seb Gorka and his family or any American. John John Q. Voter down in Missouri, they're defaming him and his family. They're just getting away with it because. But whose job is that? Well, I I didn't know that it was a job. And then (laughs) um, I think it's sort of become my job. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about your new organization. So what have you started, Cash? So after taking the hits and the rounds continuously, and as Devin said, when you're getting shelled, you're over the target. And he, he couldn't have been more right. Yeah. And you know it. You've been a target. I've been a target. But there comes a certain point when your family name is attacked, not just you know jokingly or in some naive, stupid fashion, but when it's actually defamed, when it's actually intentionally and fraudulently put out there that you did X when you had nothing to do with X. So what am I doing? What did I start doing? You know, I took a lead from Devin. I said, well, I'm going to sue Politico. I'm going to sue CNN. I'm going to sue New York Times. And I'm going to sue them for an exact number of money that makes a difference in their bottom line. What is the name of that entity? So we're calling fightwithcash.com. Fightwithcash.com. Fabulous. We we were talking about this for years and years and years during the Trump administration. How do we do this? Is there an entity? Looks like Cash Patel has an entity to fight back on the lies, on the propaganda. Fightwithcash.com. Um, we'll talk about what you're going to do there in a second, but, but let me... It, 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 kind of connects to the last question I had. Mm-hmm. How do we deal with the deep state? Mm-hmm. And it connects to your new entity. What about judges? Do we have judges who will actually have the te- te- testicular fortitude to say, <laughs> that man is wronged, that woman is wronged, that family has been calumnied, and they must get redress. You are a former defense attorney. Mm-hmm. You're a former targeter. You, you know the legal system. How, how weak is it? Is it up to that task if you bring the cases? I think it can be. I think we've, we've done a good job over the last four years, if nothing else, to show all these naysayers in the media and in the public that 
you guys were wrong for buying into Adam Schiff's garbage. And we proved it. We didn't beat him back with the political narrative. We gave them the hard, irrefutable facts. And those facts have to be listened to, especially in a court of law. Now, I agree. We need better judges. And I think we did a good job. Well, President Trump did. I didn't have anything to do with it. Appointing the most judges in any four-year period in history by a U.S. president. That's a start. That, coupled with the right leadership at the organizations willing to take on these cases and defend them in court, is what you need. And I think we've built um, a system where we can at least start the fight. All right. Uh, your family came here uh, to escape tyranny, to find freedom. You have been fighting for that in the numerous positions in the Department of Justice, defense, the intelligence community in the White House. I'd like to end uh, our discussions on a, a little personal message. What is, what is it you say to those? And I think this is perhaps the, the largest challenge we face, despite mm. the amazing rallies. I mean, 62,000 people last weekend. That's quite impressive. In the rain, <laughs> wow. in the rain. What do you say to those? And I've seen this all the time on my social media, on the DMs, the comments, especially in December or November. They say, that's it. America's done. I've given up. What do you say to them, Cash? Don't. I'm not giving up. You're not giving up. There is a fight to be had. There is a fight to be won. There's leaders who are willing to engage and be the juggernauts like you. And we need to have our people follow suit. We cannot allow them to be defeated. And the rallies help. The messaging helps. The media helps. Going around the country like you and I do, talking to people. If anyone's listening and they have any doubt then just go to some of the websites that Seth's been talking about. Look at some of his past work. Look at some of our past work. Reach out to us. We will respond to you. We will find something for you to do if you want to join the fight. And if you don't want to join the fight, but you just want to be one of our silent warriors, do that too. Knock on doors. Help voter registration. Help fight back voter fraud. There's a million things people can do. We just have to motivate them. And a lot of people don't know that they can do those things. Right. And it's not that hard, and it doesn't take that much time. So I think there's a, a path. The organization that he's using to fight back on the libel is fightwithcash.com. Cash with a K. Check it out. That's fightwithcash.com. You can see his analysis every week. Cash's Corner at Epoch Times. Uh, are you on Twitter? I am not on any social what? media. What? Yeah. Well, Join the 22nd century. I know. Come I, on, buddy. Well, I think so. Where I am with fightwithcash.com, <laughs> and let me just say this about that. Yeah. I appreciate you me talking about it. It's not me. It's not for me. I, I started suing these people before FightWithCash.com became a reality. But when I was traveling around the country on Devin's Freedom Tour, people would come up to me and be like, I've been defamed. I've been wronged. So what we're going to do, we're going to create a database of everyone that's been deplatformed and defamed. Fabulous. And then we're going to reach out to you. And we're going to say, do you want to go to court? We'll pay for it. We want you to have your day in court because the whole point of correcting the media is the only thing these people listen to is a monetary punishment yeah. that affects their bottom line. And we can do that. And I want to be filing a suit a month come September for Americans. Not me, for them. And I think we can do it. Somebody had to do it, and I can't think of anyone better. Fightwithcash.com. Lastly, uh, you said Freedom Tour. Anything else that needs to be mentioned? Well, we could talk about Afghanistan, but that might take too long. Oh, my gosh. You're going to come on my show, on my TV show, Newsmax. Uh, we're going to talk to you. Uh, the Gawker Reality Check in just uh, a few seconds, which I said I wasn't going to do to you when we started. <laughs> but but we have to, since you mentioned it. Uh, well, let's just address the calumny, the libel of, well, this is just Trump's plan. 
plan and he was going to desert the Afghans anyway. Yeah. What's the truth? Because for those who are not familiar, the man sitting opposite me in my studio right now was the man responsible for the Trump plan for Kabul and Afghanistan when he was chief of staff in the Department of Defense. So tell us the truth. Is it your plan? Is, <laughs> is leaving, is leaving 65,000 military vehicles your plan, Cash Patel? It's, it, you know, let me give you the short answer. Of course not. President Trump had a bold plan, which I outlined in an op-ed last week in the New York Post. And it's very simple. It's not complicated. You don't have to be a military genius to figure out how to conditionally withdraw from Afghanistan. You have to inflict fear into your enemy and tell them if you harm an American or an American interest, we are going to unleash the Department of Defense on you and eliminate you from God's green earth. Yeah. He did that. He being President Trump. You have to have he a actually bombed the Taliban during negotiations when they failed to meet one of the conditions, he correct? He did. And he told the Taliban in no uncertain terms, we'll do it again. And they listened. And you have to bring – and people are always like – and the politicians are dodging this. And I know you're not. But they're like, hey, how can you negotiate with the Taliban? It's Afghanistan. Who do you want us to negotiate with? The French? Switzerland. Yeah. So it's their country. But you have to negotiate with them and the Afghans, and that's what we were doing. And the biggest thing is, how can you cut off the head of the operation? How can you cut off Bagram Airfield, our command and control element? Leave billions of dollars of equipment. Leave an operation for the Taliban, al-Qaeda, and ISIS to come in and take over and inflict against us. When Joe Biden gave up that operation, whether it was at the behest of his military leaders or Blinken who, or Blinken or Milley or whoever, the fact that he couldn't see straight enough to say, no, we need to stay in Bagram until all is done. And that's what President Trump said. Right. We're not leaving here until it's all done. And then with the equipment we can't take, we're going to blow it up so no one gets it. So Russia and China don't get it. So the terrorists don't get it. It's not a complicated plan, but it's in my op-ed. And, and, and here's the kicker. Under Trump's withdrawal plan, conditions-based withdrawal. Not one American died. Yeah. Well, thank you for your incredible service to the nation uh, in government for what you're going to be doing with fightwithcash.com. You're a great American. Thank you, Cash Patel. Seb, thanks so much for having me. I really, uh, really enjoyed this. All right, guys. Watch your six. Keep your head in a swivel. Hold the line. And never give up. Never give in. And stay frosty. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.